Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Zach, and this is Hunter. And today, we're going to be talking about um, Paul McBeth's injury, as well as um, an article that we uh, read from you. U-Disc. U-Disc. No. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's that other? I, the Ulti source World. is in the Ulti description, World? and it is U-Disc. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. It's U-Disc. Um, and then, obviously, we're going to touch on some other stuff. Uh, college Disc Golf, which is going to be Jeff's Corner. Um, you know, we'll bring in Jeff as always, and we'll talk about our video that dropped today. Or not our video, Brody Smith's video. We were in his video. And we'll talk about our video that dropped yesterday. That's true. But yeah, lots of stuff to touch on. Let's go ahead and start it off as we always do with two off the tee. Um, so if you're new here, first off, we did get foundation grip locked mugs. They're out of uh, focus, so you can't see it. Yeah. Um, anyways, start off with two off the tee. If you're new here, two off the tee is how we start off every single podcast. Basically, what it is, is we get one question from social media outside of this podcast. That's the first off the tee. And the second off the tee comes live from the chat boards that we inexperienced people, you know, 60 episodes in, don't have pulled up on our phones yet. But Zach will work on that. Um, what? The comments. It's your phone, boy. I know. It's okay. my fault. Anyway, so I'll work on the first off the tee while I get Zach uh, going there. So the first off the tee comes from user takeyourmedicine underscore 2113. Uh, this was submitted through Instagram and he said, is new putter energy a real thing? So basically what he's talking about is a lot of people will say, if your putter's messed up or whatever, switch up putters, like switch to a brand new putter and your putt will magically get better. He's saying, is that a real thing? Um, yes and no. So it's not the new putter that is making you putt better, but it's a shift in mentality, uh, that is making us. I almost just commented from your your page, <laughs> and it was like a, the really old picture of you and Lizzie. That's hilarious. Um, it's not the new. It's not the new putter that's bringing energy. It's like this new mindset and this new comfort because all the like missed putts with the old putter and all the reasons that you're not confident are gone, and now you have a new putter in your hand. And so, new putter energy is a real thing. Yes and no. But it's different than. But it's different yeah. than like actual new putter energy. You know, we did, uh, you know, just talking about energy, right, kind of thing. We did get a comment on our last uh, putter video that was like, uh, when I was describing a shot, and I was like, so should I hit the cars or should I hit the house? Oh, and yeah. And the dude's like, maybe you should throw it towards the basket and stop thinking about cars or house. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, that is true. And that was kind of a valid comment. I think you were was. saying, which way should I miss? Should yeah, I miss because the should cars? I break a car window or should I break that house's window? Yeah, which and the one? answer was the house. Yeah. I didn't hit it. So. Yeah, we were fine. Um, so what's the second off the tee here? Yeah. Let's see. As someone who started their own small business in the disc golf world, what are some tips and suggestions you would give someone looking to create and market a product? Oh, that was, that was kind of loud. loud. Um, create and market a product. Well, so I'm assuming it's outside of the disc golf world. Well, no, I think he said... Like he's trying to create a product inside the disc golf world? He started a small business in the disc golf world. I think he was saying as like we started. Anyways, either way, I think the answer is the same. Which oh, is, maybe he was saying us. Yeah, when you're first starting, um, and I'll let Zach answer this too, um, because it's kind of right up both of our alleys from different perspectives. So for for me, I think what has worked best for us is influencer marketing. I was gonna um, say that. Which you know, especially when you're just starting out, you don't have a big following. You're trying to build a following to market your product. Um, one of the best things you can do is find people within your niche, within your target audience. I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Niche. 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 Anyways, uh, within your target audience uh, and find people that have some influence, have a lot of engagement on their page and reach out to them, see how much it costs for them to promote your product uh, or do a collaboration with them. 
something like that. And that will kind of get the ball rolling. And then, you know, for us, we've been fortunate enough that that person was Paul, who we're also friends with. Um, and that's allowed us to last year really not even spend that much money on advertising. We, we, everything no. was, was basically <laughs> organic and, yeah. um, reaching out to different connections in the disc golf world this year, we're going to spend a little more money on advertising, but I think that's definitely the route to go because once you get connection to their audience that they've built trust with and they send people to you, um, you really get the ball rolling and just stay active on social media. But yeah. Um, while I give my answer, did you post the link to Facebook yet? I did not. I will do that right now. We are way behind people. Yeah. Uh, We got caught up talking to Jeff beforehand. Yeah. So my answer was going to be influencer marketing as well. Um, and you know, not only Paul, because when we did the Crystal Raptor drop, um, that was hyped up by more than just Paul. That was hyped it up was, by like the whole Discraft team. Yeah, it was like Yuli, Haley King, Adam Hammis. So like we had all three of them, well plus Paul, throwing this disc, and, loving it. Oh, Jeff was there, but he was on Discmania at that time. Yeah. Um so, you know, not that we had to pay them, but like they loved the disc so much that they were willing to just talk about it and they wanted it too because they were going to throw it. Um, so that, that helps a lot. Um, and you know, disc golfers, they, they might be willing to help you if you reach out and then also just being personable on social media. Like if you're going to be the faces of the company, people have to like you. And so just show your face a lot. I mean, that's why we have this podcast. That's why we have the YouTube channel. Um, it all goes, it all goes into, you know, we're not marketing a disc right now, but we really are. Cause if you don't like us, then you're not going to buy from us. Yeah. It's kind of indirectly. If you help people, then not really, they'll feel in debt to you. That's kind of a bad way to, to word it, but it's the right sense of it, of they'll feel like you helped them. So they're going to help you out. Um, and we've heard that time and time again, uh, from doing different form critiques and stuff like that, that people are like, you've helped me so much. Why would I buy a disc somewhere else? Right. And that's the exact, uh, idea you're trying to get across when starting out yeah awesome somebody said that they need a uh, zach attack signature fierce zach yeah dude that zach 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 attack we'll talk about that yeah all we'll right figure so that let's, one out. let's bring uh let's, let's jump bring over. in jeff from jeff's corner i feel like i need, we need to like an intro song i know yeah okay, anyways let's bring him in how's it going jeff you're alive now i'm doing good guys how are you I'm doing good, good doing good awesome so, so let's start your, it off so with we, uh let's start it off with college disc golf because um we kind of have to eat a few of our words that we uh we talked about last week we do so we'll let you kind of report on that and then we'll uh we'll talk about that yeah so i'm i'm really stoked for the guys because i love getting called out too when we're messing around with the liberty guys i love it we fired them up i think a little bit more than well just about the right amount it seems like (laughs) yeah so liberty took down the win against nc state at the wolfpack cross-country classic right Mm -hmm. yes um yeah they took it down with the one stroke win um you want to go over individuals and then go to team and you can talk about your quote from yeah from sounds, the team that sounds perfect yeah so on the individual side you had nc states uh michael jort right is the yes. full name yeah jort took it down i think 1024 rated round so playing really good golf uh liberty steph curry taking or taking coming second just a couple off of him another thousand rated round and then uh Brandon Robertson, Raven Newsome, and Miles Turner tie in for third. Mm-hmm. So some really good golf on the men's side for sure. And then uh, kind of a wild card. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand. But over on the women's side, Ashton Watchcheck is that? Wa- your guess is as good as mine. Ben, yeah, that sounds I know, about I right. I apologize if she's watching right now, and I just totally butchered <laughs> that. 
but I think we're going to have to learn her name. She beat Alex Lambert by 10 strokes. Very impressive. Pretty amazing. Golf. That's really good golf. Um, unfortunately, she's not even PDJ current right now. Yeah. She has a PDJ number, but not current for like the past couple of years. So we don't know what her rating is or anything like that, but she took it down. She was playing on UNC uh, on their men's team. Uh, representing over there. And then, uh, like I said, Alex Lambert in second. And then uh, one of your Liberty girls, uh, remind me of her name. It's you Shannon know, Hans. I, know, I wrote her nickname down. That's my name. <laughs> no, that's fine. Because I, I caddied for my uh, for Riley, and uh, yeah. she was on Riley's card during singles. So, okay. like, you know, I called her by the nickname the whole time, too, because that's she's like, yeah, just call me Hansi. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Whew. I mean, that was, that was great golf all around. And, um, you know, I was watching and I was texting some of the guys on the team, and I think they Liberty went up. Uh, I believe it was five or maybe six strokes after their first doubles round, which was already shocking. Um, but we know Liberty's always good in doubles, and singles is typically where we, in the past historically, and I'm including me in that, have struggled. Same. Um, so Liberty says that in the finals double round, they were go- they went into the round with a one stroke lead. They had uh, this is from Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry. He doesn't he hates being called Steph Curry, but how do you not when his name's spelled like that? Um, he said they had a five-stroke lead with eight holes left, and then they only got two birdies through the next seven holes, whereas NC State went six down through the next seven to bring it within one stroke going into 18. They both birdied 18 after Stephen Curry hit a 50-footer um, to win. So very clutch putt. I can't imagine the pressure. Um, I don't know if NC State was parked in that situation. I didn't really get any information on that, but great win for Liberty taking down the number one team in the nation. Um so, Jeff, I want your opinion on this. We had talked about NC State being the favorite for Nationals. Does this tournament change your perspective at all? I don't know. It's it's tough to say because, um, like, anything can happen at Nationals. You know, it's a much larger tournament. There's way more rounds. Um, but right now I'm still favoring NC State. You can call it maybe an off weekend or whatever. But, you know, everyone played really good golf. So, it's tough to say. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I noticed um, just looking at the results was even when you just read it in the top three, we had Michael Jort and Raven Newsom both from NC State mm-hmm. in the top three shooting thousand. Well, the third place was nine ninety four rated, so not quite a thousand, but both basically shooting thousand yeah. plus rated rounds. Whereas we only had Steph Curry uh, up there for Liberty. Yeah. Um, and one thing to note um, was that. Uh, Liberty did not have their best player this week. Correct. Um, and, you know, NC State did. Uh, so, really what happened this year was uh, Liberty beat NC State on their home course. But then earlier in the year, NC State came to Liberty, beat Liberty on our home course. We had our t- full team, and they did not have their best player. Yeah. So, to me, it is almost a wash. Like, And they beat us by five or six strokes um, at you know back on our courses, and we only beat them by one. So... Yes, like it changes just like a little bit, but almost almost a clean wash. Yeah. So I think that Liberty is better than currently than they're currently ranked. I think they're currently ranked sixth in the nation. Yeah. Um somewhere in there. I would put them closer to third. Three. Um two two or three. But to me, my fi- my favorite is still NC State to win nationals, but this more brought in the question of a Ferris State or an Oregon to me over uh nc state versus it brought in you know liberty winning right um i don't think it really brought that into question too much they still have the clemson tournament in about a month to kind of determine if liberty puts on another strong showing that could change my mind right but i think this more brought in 
um, that NC State might not be as strong as we had previously thought. And, you know, you were talking about the strength of Oregon's team potentially. Um, a I'm team like that. that or Ferris State that we're just not talking about right now could be sneaking in and, and knocking them off. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you laughing yeah, about? And I'm over here shaking my head because I talked to uh, a lot of the guys on the Oregon team over this past weekend, and it doesn't sound like most of their grad students are going to come. Oh. So, so yeah, their their number one guy, who like I said last time, he was he's thousand plus rated, probably not going to make it. He's okay. starting his teaching job the okay. week of nationals. All right. So he's Dang. definitely out. Well, and then good for him. another one of their really serious grad students is uh, not going to be able to make it either. He it's like his finals week or something that week. So. Yeah, but Oregon State, they do have a good team, too. They right. finished top 10 last year at Nationals, so they have a lot of returning players on their squad. Okay, cool. And then so. to talk about women real quick, we don't know yeah. if um, – if what what's her name? Where'd it go? Ashton. Ashton. We don't know if uh, she has like a full women's team to play with because she played on the men's team. If, yep. if she's got a women's team, even if – She this, just needs one. Right. Yeah. Even if this player is like not that great, I think they only take one of the two women's single scores, right? No, they it take both. Do average, they take yeah. both? I would imagine they take like both men's. of them. That's uh, no. Well, they might average them this year, but last year they took two of them because okay. that's why. Oh, um, right. Arkansas took, or yes. yeah, Arkansas, or whatever, took that huge lead is because they okay. had two girls who basically made the lead card of okay. singles. Yes, they just killed it. Okay, but does this put into you know into consideration someone other than Alex winning? Which we know last year she didn't win; she got hurt. Um, I think yep. if she wasn't hurt, she would have won. But like, can can someone else beat Alex? Actually, is this a thing? Well, I mean, this is what one round, correct for singles in this tournament? I guess I believe it was. I and think so. And I mean, a win by ten—that's by ten in one round. That's a lot. That's decisive. It's a—it's a, the only question it brings in is a: who is this Ashton right. player, and b: can she play like this consistently, or was this one of those rounds where you're just feeling everything? Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions on my end too. Also, do we like know if Alex is also a hundred percent healthy? Like, how refreshed is she getting back into disc golf coming off of that shoulder injury? Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't know that either. Yeah. Um, we just had Steve Curry, which I guess is Stephen Curry. I would guess that's Steph Curry. Steph Curry's dad. It says dad. Oh, okay. I may be biased, but I think Stephen Curry is the best Liberty player. Oh, okay. Dad. Okay. Thanks, so, oh, uh, yeah. He might be. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, him and Justin are always pushing back and forth. Uh, I've played with both of them. And if, uh, if Steph Curry, if you're watching, just keep the white D1 out of your bag and you'll be fine at nationals. That's all. I, he'll know what I'm talking about. Just keep that out. You'll be good. Um, back to the women's side, you know, yeah. I don't think the teams really told us much because it was just Clemson and Liberty and Liberty's yeah. A team wasn't technically there because nope. Hansi was playing for the men and, and Grace wasn't there either. Yeah. And so I don't really know. I, it's hard for me to say Liberty has a solid chance. It's really going to be, uh, a lot dependent, I think on Alex's partner, um, how good they play together yeah. in doubles. Um, we know Alex is going to be strong in singles and if this, UNC, if Ashton has a second player that she can bring, you know, it might be a UNC versus Clemson show. I think it's going to be hard for Liberty to compete on the women's side. Yeah, I think it'll be tough. But it's going to be exciting to watch. What about Oregon? Does Oregon so have a women's team this year? Oh, yeah. It doesn't look like it because no. Riley's finishing up school. Um, so she'll oh, graduate, man. like finish her last classes before uh, college nationals even starts. Okay. So uh, based on our school rules, uh, if you're not a current active student, the club sports won't let you travel with the team. Oh, no, wow. Um, 
That's yeah, weird. so that's kind of an unfortunate thing. Like I know college mm-hmm. nationals, if you graduate in the fall or something, you can finish out that year and still play. But our club sports won't even let non-current. If you're not actively taking classes, you cannot travel with a club sports that's team. That's crazy. Because that's our, unfortunate. Our best player, well, Liberty's best player in Grace, um, which her and Hansi will probably be pretty similar skill-wise, but she graduated in December. Um, but she, her job, she, I think her she's job starts married. early, but they're allowing her a week off for nationals. Yeah, and then um, she's going to still travel with them. But it, it aligns with Liberty's club sports rules and the college disc golf rules. So that's yeah, unfortunate. That, that does. So what are some uh, upcoming yeah. tournaments we have to look forward to coverage-wise? Um, we've got the EMU Royals qualifier. Uh, that's coming up. Um, we have the West Coast Collegiate Open on college disc golf's calendar. We got that. I don't see anything on PDGA about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the format is there, what's going on. Uh, but we also have the Northwest Collegiate Invitational up in Oregon. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of golf. You know, maybe some of these Oregon players might finally break into these college disc golf rankings that seem to be so elusive to <laughs> find a way into. Yeah. Well, but, if you're next, if you're in the Southeast, they're pretty easy to get into. Were oh you, wow! You in yeah, no, it must there be nice to be able to play like five tournaments a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the uh, you know the ratings and all that stuff next week for these uh, West Coast tournaments. Yeah, that'll be exciting. And I'm excited to see the overall rankings updated after yeah. after they they get some playing time. Yeah. So, what about some uh, other news as we transition? Uh, do you have any tournament results uh, from this past week? Uh, the only tournament results we had the uh, Samoy Swine cla- uh, over in uh, Thailand. Mm-hmm. We saw Philo Brathwaite taking it down. Mm-hmm. Pretty dominant performance by him, honestly. Like playing way above his rating the whole time. Uh, beat Conrad by quite a few, and uh, Nate Perkins took third on that side. Uh, on the women's side, Paige Pierce and Sarah Hokum were battling out pretty much the whole time. Started off with round one. They both shot um, close to 1,000, if not over 1,000. I think Paige went like 1,003. Sarah was just under 1,000. Um, but then Sarah just kept it cruising, stayed really consistent. I think shot the same score every round oh, wow. and got Paige by a couple. Yeah. A little surprising, because I know it's like a short course, isn't it? I think it is, which like very much so plays to Sarah's strengths, just really technical and controlled. But you know, yeah, to me, I don't know if Paige just just still learning discs or what. Yeah, um, could I, be. I know. Yeah, she did make a post on Instagram about the fierce, and she said that she threw it. It might have been in the first round. She threw it six times and got six, six birdies. birdies with got it. Six birdies, yeah, yeah, and then showed like an ace run that she got with it. I know that their uh, Terry Miller was over there filming. I don't know what he filmed. If it was FPO, MPO, hopefully, hopefully, both. hopefully a little bit of both. But I really I want to so. see the FPO coverage personally. Yeah, I want to uh, see Paige with these new discs for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's part I of it. Wait. Um, yeah. Last year we saw kind of Ricky and Paul both get off to a slow start because just transitioning with the new discs. Uh, pros always say that it's not hard, but the stats kind of prove otherwise. That when when you start off the season, it's just something about not having your comfortable bag. She can't look in there and feel, yes, she can feel the confidence and the fierce, but it's she's still used to putting with a deputy for right. so long that now it's something new, something different. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of, the rust will fall off. And being a short course, you know, it might not have mattered uh, when it's all said and done because that doesn't really play to her strength on the field, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely speak to the like changing bag quite a bit. Like, there's still times I'll go out and I'll play around, I'll throw a shot and like throw a bad shot and just feel confused for a second until halfway up the fairway. I'm like, oh, dude, that's the disc I should have thrown on this yeah. hole. 
And I think that that's kind of the thing you still have to learn as well as shot selection. Um, besides just your overall confidence is like knowing when you can push a disc, to do a certain thing or, you know, whatever it's, you may be. Right. Sorry, we so. were both laughing because someone said Hunter is on HGH. HGH, I just know it. I promise you, this man is frail. <laughs> he is not. Okay? I don't even know what HGH is, if I'm being completely honest. I read that Human as Hunter's on hormones. high, and so I was like, oh, Human I'm coming through high. growth hormone. Oh, no. Yep. Gosh. No, he's definitely not. This guy's on steroids. No, no, no. Look at this. It's you can't get like this naturally. Gains. Goodness gracious. He's just making gains during the off-season. My HGH is the... Krispy Kreme donuts that I uh I went, drove to um yeah that came did through. you hear that yeah did that was from that? My, the, everyone heard that that was my phone sorry oh my for everyone gosh. that just checked their pocket it came through my uh <laughs> max notification so man hopefully my friends don't text a lot during this podcast I'll have to mute that somehow uh anyways was that the only uh tournament um coverage this weekend that's the only one I saw but I don't know if you had anything yeah, else. yeah that was the only at least the only a tier there might have been some other b tiers going on but with May, like you know your tour pros that people enjoy following a lot that was the only one that I saw and also nothing coming up next weekend when it comes to A tiers. There is just nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. guess the next the next big tournament that people are kind of looking towards is the um, Wintertime Open. Yeah, which yeah. that's following uh, week after Valentine's. Next. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, Valentine's Day weekend. I think the only other disc golf news that I kind of caught out there, and I'll get all of y'all's opinion on this because I found it very interesting, was Delta Cart. This happened in the, during the summer. Um, but there's a lot yeah. of uh, kind of rehashing of this. But Delta Cart randomly stopped filling orders and apparently didn't provide any refunds to these people. They didn't fill orders. Um, the story was kind of rehashed as Ricky announced his sponsorship with Ridge Roller, kind of putting the nail in the coffin, confirming that things with Delta Cart seem to be done. Um, there was a lot of like on the Ulti World article about this. I saw a lot of accounts of people placing $500 plus orders and just not hearing anything back, which is insane That's to me. That's ridiculous. Um, do you, yeah. as a like person who has a little bit more inside connections with disc golf, do you know anything about Delta Card? Do you know the owners or anything like that? And any clue on what I happened? Do, I do not. I've heard like some things. I have like some friends that know either like owners of other cart companies that have like spoken about it. I hear that there's like not there's just a lot of lawsuits going on right now, yeah. and a lot of people. Yeah, like it sounds like it's really ugly to Jeez. be honest. Which is like, you know, um, if you're like into disc golf buying and selling discs on the internet you go on the buyer feedback page and when somebody does something wrong it's just a bash wagon of hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people like yeah that guy's the worst he sucks and stuff and you know actual disc golf business is no less sometimes there's yeah. it sounds ugly which is unfortunate for like a small company in the sport and whatever whatever happened to whatever circumstances are going on but i don't think anyone really knows why they just disappeared yeah i feel like Obviously, again, we don't know why, but they should have just stopped orders, shut down the website, filled like the few that they had, and then they wouldn't have had this whole issue. Yeah, it seemed like the the last communication was about like not having certain supplies to build. Oh, okay. Um, that was like seemed to be the last communication, but then there was nothing after that. They just went radio silent. So to me, I'm like, as a business owner, if I couldn't fill your order, I would issue a refund or I would explain, you know. I'm still waiting on this to come through. I can either give you like the the, the obvious answer is you got to give these people refunds. But also like okay, when you when you place an order to what's called rid, not Ridge Roller Delta Cart don't Delta Cart let's Delta not Cart. let's not drag Ridge Roller's name no. down. They have nothing to do with this. Okay. <laughs> when you place an order with Delta Cart, if if you buy a two hundred fifty dollar cart, you know it costs them one hundred and fifty. So that 
you know, that uh, the rest of $100 should go to buying the material you need to, like, make the cart. Yeah. Right? So why couldn't they have just done it the right way? I, I do not know. Yeah. I will say um, I saw where Ridge Roller has come out and said that if you can provide an invoice from your Delta cart order that wasn't filled, they'll give you, like, a $50 discount on oh, their wow. their carts, which they have yeah, no connection to. Yeah, I saw that, to. too, which is super awesome. Wow, yeah. Like, great, That's pretty big. You know. Yeah, I don't I don't know so. what profit margins are on on carts, but to, to just give a fifty dollar discount on what I believe is already a slightly cheaper cart than the Delta cart, um, will probably go a long ways in how they're uh, they're viewed. So, sweet. Uh, is there any other uh, news? Any updates on on your end? Nothing really. I do see one comment down in the comments uh, where Stephen Ashley said next weekend big event in Austin, Texas, the Lone Star Classic. And I do remember glancing at that uh, event. I have a friend who's playing in that event. And there's like 8,000 plus rated players playing oh, that cool. event. So Nice. Maybe as players um, are kind of traveling to the West Coast, they're making a little stop it. in Texas. Yeah, I kind of want to see almost who's playing in that. Yeah, I know, I'm guessing like your, your regular Texas, elite Texas players. Yeah, which um, I'm always excited to see like a... Emerson, Bradley Williams, players like that. Um, yeah. When the season starts, I feel like they always have the potential to start hot. Even players in Arizona, like Adam Hammes, we talked about last week, and um, even Yuli, who they can train all off season. Yeah. Um, where uh, a player like, for instance, Paul on the East Coast, or even well, Ricky's in South Carolina. He should be able to train most off season. But you know, you might have some cold. initial rust to shake off because of the fact that you can't be out there throwing every day and you know the humidity and stuff's going to change as soon as march rolls around but i always like seeing them at the beginning of the season how they can have the potential to come out hot yeah i mean yeah i mean you have someone like paul who had to build his own practice facility to practice <laughs> to practice so. in a controlled environment but uh who, who's all registered for this uh tournament so so far we got the guys up at the top uh emerson keith highest rated player at the event at 10 23 uh bradley williams right behind him at 10 22 uh Another Texas guy, Mason Ford. I think he was just picked up by Innova. Uh, was sponsored by Millennium previously. 10-17 rated player. Uh, Zach Johnson, familiar tour pro. Uh, Coda Hatfield. Uh, and then a couple other 1,000 rated Texas players. So okay, wow. cool. They have a 53-person open field. And I think one of my friends who was talking about this event I, I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure even at a B tier, they said they had $8,000 of added cash. What? That's like a um, Which, there's that's this, like a disc golf pro tour event almost. Yeah. And there's this tournament. Uh, I, I'm probably going to call it the wrong thing. But I think it's like the Kanawha Valley Regional. It's a West Virginia tournament. And they get like $10,000 added cash every year. And wow. like nobody shows up. It's like Corey Ellis dominates it. And like one or two other pros, there's no real coverage on it. So let's go play this year. My friend uh, Ryan from the team yeah, always texts me. He always yeah. texts me. He's like, dude, are you seeing this? Are you seeing uh, the Canal Valley region? I think that's what it's called. But he's like, are you seeing this tournament? Like, it's at almost 10,000 added. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah. And there's like, no one signed up. But like the the few local guys like Corey Ellis, uh, trying to think, I think normally like Chris and Zach and Andrew Fish and, you know, good players show up to take up the, the top half. Yeah. But if you cash at that tournament, you know, 10,000 goes a long ways at, yeah. a, at a B tier. We uh oh that's insane because yeah. like that is the st- added cash standard of a disc golf pro tour event is a ten thousand dollar added cash yeah, yeah I don't so know where like, it comes an from an A tier is only three thousand right yep. that's insane so and that's I think huge. we just got uh, Lance Brown's first he, <laughs> he I guess this is his first time seeing your your Jeff's corner and I guess he liked it that's great I love it okay well, sweet 
Um, but I yeah, think... I think that's just about everything I got on Newswise. Awesome. Cool. Uh, well, before you go, I'll get your kind of uh, um, take on our first our first topic that we're going to jump into yeah. after you're gone. Um, so maybe like not so long, a short but deliberate response to this yeah. question. I don't. I didn't really have it as a question. I was just going to say. Well, no, not question. Your uh, <laughs> your thoughts. Your thoughts. Yeah, your Discussion. thoughts yeah. on uh, Macbeth's decision to start the season early, to start the season on time and end early with his injury. I am. I agree with his decision. So, because I also talked with him quite a bit about it, um, just trying to get like his thoughts on it and kind of heard a little bit about the progression of what was happening. And I think he's making the right decision. I think a lot of people have this assumption that. You know, he's waiting to get surgery or something. And from what he's told me, that's not the case. It's just like him getting the rest that he needs. It's just a kind of injury that um, is going to stay with him as long as he doesn't get off of his foot for a long period of time. And I think he sees that with this year, how the tournament schedule is set up, Pro Worlds being in June, the European Open being a month after in July, that he can knock out the two majors that he's defending champion at and probably two of his favorite tournaments to play, um, that he's going to go for those, come out, start the season hot, and you know take the rest that he needs to for the remainder of the season. And I did talk to him a little bit about USDGC because obviously you know it's he's a two-time U.S. champion and everyone you know always expects to see Paul at the majors. He said there's still a chance that he might play the USDGC. It's going to kind of get played by ear, see if it's going to like reset his recovery because he's taking that time off from like August, hopefully to the basically the start of the 2021 offseason that he's going to just try to block out that area to get healthy. He wants to, you know, make a see if it's a decision of is this going to set me back to the start of August or isn't it just going to maybe cause a little bit of like agitation. So I think he's making the right move personally because he's not further endangering his injury by playing yep yeah I let's mean, end the podcast there good uh good talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no yeah that's... i think all of that makes a lot of sense we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into um the i guess i guess you could say facts but different quotes from Macbeth on uh different things and other people's points as to why they oppose it and we'll kind of talk through that for uh mm-hmm. the next part of the bit. podcast but uh thanks jeff for joining us as always yeah um you'll have a song next week yeah we'll, you're, we'll, you're, you'll have an intro song we'll figure something out I'll, I'll grab a guitar out and and write something with my uh sixth grade guitar <laughs> sixth grade guitar class knowledge and we'll, we'll get you a little jeff's corner jingle yeah awesome i look forward to that <laughs> well thanks for joining yeah guys thanks for having me as always see ya later guys all right jeff awesome. is gonzo uh, first off, let's really quick, let me touch on Lance. Lance Brown, if you guys don't know Lance, uh, he's played at Liberty, friend of ours, touring pro. He just dropped a fundraiser disc a few days ago. I was about to say that. And if you head over to his Instagram, um, you can, I think, message him for his, uh, um, like for one of his fundraiser discs. He's yeah. got the, the stamp on there. I'm assuming he created it. I believe I'm so. Assuming. I know the logo he he did, um, the like actual Lance part. I know he did that part. I don't know if uh, someone else helped him with the rest, but um, yeah, you can go support him uh, yeah. with his uh, touring season. I think he's kicking it off here soon. I know he's going to be playing the Wintertime Open, trying to win that for a second time. Um, yeah. Kind of when he splashed two on years the ago, scene right? two years ago was when he uh, knocked off Macbeth. Um, 
there. So yeah, uh, head over to his Facebook or his Instagram. He has a list of all his discs available and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so before we jump into our actual topic, we're going to do a really quick uh, sponsor spot, which um, is still us. Don't worry. But it's a little bit different than before. I didn't write it in, so I'm just going to freewheel this because uh, what actually I'm going to promote is our Battle for Bedford. Oh, yes. Uh, our this disc is golf tournament. Um, Let's so, talk about this for a second. Yeah. This is good. This okay. Is good. So the registration opens in, I believe, 10 days. Uh, mm-hmm. The 15th, which is a Saturday, um, opens at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want the chance to re- not the chance, if you want to register early, uh, we are offering whole sponsorships. But why would you have to register early, Hunter? Oh, well, it did fill. Filled last, last year. year. At uh, 80 players is the cap. It's 20 holes. We are not doing five per hole because we've played in tournaments with that and we hate them. And so yeah. we're not going to run something that we wouldn't like to play in. Um, so And we've got the big man coming this year. Yeah. So Paul is uh, supposed to be playing in it. Um, we did ask him again after um, he posted just to make sure. And he said, yes, he's still coming. And so. uh, I would imagine that means Hannah is playing as well. We don't have confirmation on her, but we're going to get both of them uh, signed up uh, probably before the actual thing opens because i believe paul's going to sponsor a hole like he did last year yeah um but yeah if you if you have a company know of a company or you want to sponsor it for we have one uh, one person sponsoring it for his family um so if you whatever is fine um you can go ahead and message us on facebook instagram or email us and we'll uh, we'll take care of that for you but regardless if you're anywhere within this area we would love to have you may 30th and 31st um it's at in- the battle for bedford Bedford, Virginia. Yeah, at uh, Falling Creek Park. We even had some people earlier in the year message us, like, wanting to come down from, like, Massachusetts to play yeah. our B-tier. We'll Two-day B-tier. Um, I know, we had, like, um, who'd we have last year? Melton and... Melton, Austin, Austin Turner. Turner. Uh, and then uh, local... Anna Leatherman yeah. played, too. There was also uh, this one local pro that doesn't DW. have a name, but... doesn't. I mean, he has a name, but doesn't... He's not known, who, who but DW. Yeah. Okay, I was like, what, that, are, you, what are you saying? Uh, if if you're, like, just want to in the area and want to come watch, this dude is ridiculous. He, can he throw, throws overhands, like, 550? Yeah, he, he can throw yeah. an epic 600 feet overhand. Super fun to watch. He doesn't play much because... I mean, his, family, shoulder, I mean, his shoulder can't handle it either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you're in the area and you just want to come watch, that's also an option. So, yeah. Okay. Now that that's done, let's jump into some injuries. And I say injuries because we're going to talk mainly about Macbeth, and then we'll just kind of we give our thoughts on too. some uh, some other players that'll be um <laughs> Justin, let's up. get this on the tour schedule. There we go. Uh, well, you, you'll be in San Francisco, so. Yeah, it's, it's when the actual tour is on the, the West Coast. Yeah. We kind of planned it that way. Um, it's the week after two days in May, so if you're playing that, two and a half, uh, two and a half hours. Luke Callahan was there last year, and hopefully he'll be here again this yeah, year. Yeah, hopefully. And um, team member Luke. Yeah, and so, Lance. Lance was there last year. Yes. Jeez, totally forgot stop. him. Okay. Hey, we we did you a whole sponsor uh, spiel, Lance. So, uh, he we, said thanks. Yeah, he said I thanks th- for the shout out. I think he was uh, uh, I thought I took it as sarcasm because we forgot his name in the Battle for Bedford shout out. Oh well. Anyways, on to McBeth's injury. So. Yeah. Uh, we recently saw where Paul announced he'll be starting his season on time at the Wintertime Open Valentine's Weekend, which is not this upcoming Saturday, but the next Saturday, um, but we'll be ending it early at Ledgestone. It seems like his decision came down to rest. It either was to rest now and start the season late or um, basically start now and end the season early and allow ample time for recovery on the back end. Um so I'll just prevent, pre- prevent. Wow, I'll just provide some of the the quotes that we have from Macbeth. And Hold on, <laughs> listen, people. Hunter did not know that the word farther and further. How did we? Were how two are we back at this? Because you just said, uh, what'd you say? 
you're going to prevent. So you just said a different oh, word. Yeah. He didn't know that farther and further were two different words. Okay, okay. how you just said it was the exact same. Farther, farther and, and further. further. I thought they were different. both farther. Like we're going to dive farther into this topic, but apparently it's we'll dive further with a U. I probably got so many bad grades on papers for that reason, <laughs> oh, but gosh. anyways, I'm from the South, okay? And a video coming out next week, I said Crick instead of Creek, and Zach <laughs> roasted me. Um, all right, back to, <laughs> back to the topic. Uh, so... In an Instagram comment, Macbeth stated the doctor said he can take the boot off in a week and he'll, he'll be sh- good to go uh, to slowly start up again. It's currently his choice to take off the last few months, potentially just in case of uh, follow-up shows that his ankle is breaking down again. If he gets a green light later in the year and everything's all good, maybe he can get back out there and finish the year. Um, but he feels he's in good hands. Um, another one, you know, there's a lot of ulti world comments uh, on their posts saying how people thought it was a terrible decision because how can his ankle heal all that stuff and he said he was told he wouldn't risk farther injury by playing that's the only reason he felt the early part of the season is more important this year and the doctor said that with a degree yeah now you internet trolls (laughs) so uh initial response to this what is your what is your like just first opinion we'll bring in i have a few different uh arguments that i thought were kind of valid um but initial response is this a good or bad decision on on mcbeth's part well First off, it's it's bad for disc golf because then we that means we only get half the year of, of Paul coverage. A little bit over half. I mean, if we think okay, about it, more what, than half. what's he missing? September and October, other than USDGC. Oh, Green I, Mountain I Championships. I don't know. I saw a lot of comments that were like, oh my God, the second year is better. The second half is better. Uh, to me, like I, I always get bored. Once, once Ledgestone hits, I get bored personally. And that's why I hated Worlds being late last year because... Right now, I'm pumped. Like wintertime well, yeah, opens because it hasn't started yet. Yeah, and but I like I stay high through like May, June, and then it just kind of like gets like fizzles out. Yeah, like okay, let's uh, it's almost the off season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know what is after, and we probably should look that up. Well, I mean, I know Green Mountain's going to be in September. I'm sure MVP um, open. Is he playing that Maple Hill? That might be the weekend after. Uh, all of those are around that time. So I would imagine all that the Pro Tour finale, USDGC, the National Tour finale. He originally wasn't even planning on playing, so he's not really missing that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's what he's basically missing. So yeah. with with that in mind, he's missing that to make this early part. Uh, just your initial initial reaction: good or bad decision? Good decision because he gets to play Worlds. Um, which obviously he wants to play. He's going to play Worlds, right? Yeah. Um, he loves the European Open, uh, and then Ledgestone. Those are the three. And plus, even if you're just talking about like money he'll make from tournaments, those are like probably the the three biggest tournaments. Maybe even Ledgestone being the biggest. Yeah, close to it. I mean, it's got to be. Um. So and he's his contract's guaranteed, so he can play two tournaments and still make his guaranteed contract. Yeah. It's not about the money at this point. It's not about the money. Um, <laughs> it's just like what he wants to play. And, you know, and, and again, you know, his doctor did say that he was he was fine. It, it's an injury that can heal on its own, like with time, but not one that can get worse if played on. It's just like a different kind of injury. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. It's is the like, hard part for people to comprehend. Exactly. But like if the doctor is telling him that, I don't think the doctor is lying to him. Yeah. She, by any means, she could be wrong. Like, Sure, you know, doctors, sorry, have no, been wrong before. But, you know, if that's what she's telling him, our, our opinion can be, oh, he'll, he's going to hurt himself even more. But we know a lot less than this doctor does. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm standing. Yeah. But I mean, that's where. So my initial reaction when he was talking through it with me and like say, telling me, I was like, yeah, that yeah. makes 
perfect sense. Um, I don't think the question of missing worlds was ever. I, personally, I don't think Paul was ever even considering an option where he wasn't playing worlds. Um, even if that meant he plays one tournament this year and it's worlds. Um, you know, we we've talked kind of before, uh, and I've heard this like him talk about this before. But basically, he plays for worlds. Like worlds is <laughs> is his tournament. He knows that's the legacy tournament. People don't care how many European Opens you won. People don't right. care how many national tours you won. People care what's that blank time world champion. Yeah. That's the number. People don't talk about Climo's... I can't even tell you how many Climo won US, USDGCs. Yeah. I think it was uh, five or something, eight maybe. But he won 12 world titles. I know that number. I'll never forget that number. You know what I mean? I think that's the, the legacy tournament and Paul is making the decision based on what is going to get me most ready for that event. Um, now, on the injury side... I understand the like, it's hard to comprehend the how like how is how does he have to rest right now and then he's able to play on it and it's not going to make it worse if he plays a whole season almost to August. Um, how's that not making it worse? Uh, I and from what I understand, it is basically like an injury that is not like once he rests, it's going to heal regardless of if he rests now or rests later. I think it's just like a nagging injury, yeah, type of a thing where. It might get worse in the sense of pain and stiffness, but it's not hurting his body more. It's not going to be, he needs surgery in a few months. It's just like, okay, instead of six months, he needs seven months. Yeah, it's it's like, a, yeah, exactly. It's not like yeah. if he starts now, he'll need surgery at the end of the year. And if he waits now, he won't need surgery. I think it's a, a type of thing, almost like a bruised heel. Yeah. Like once you bruise your heel, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It hurts to walk. It hurts to do a bunch of things. But if you do walk on it, all it's going to do is take a little bit longer to heal. It's right. not going to hurt your body further and yep. change his, uh, change the future of his career. Um, so I think that was something that a lot of people, I don't know. That's something that a lot of people were uh, caught up on, and I totally get it because I was too at first. But it, it kind of makes sense to me now. Um, the first opposing view that I saw that I read and I was like, that makes a lot of sense, is um, the uh, there was a comment on the old world thing that was like. So essentially, he's picking Wintertime Open in Waco over USDGC. And I mean, when it's all... Well, I can tell you why. Go for it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, it's in California, and that's where his family is. That's where Tompkins is. That's where all of his friends are. He wants to go to California because that's where... That's his... That's. That but side. he could go to California and be at Wintertime and not play it. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think that he would go if he didn't have to go. I mean that could be valid, but I mean he That's to my me guess. to me I, he would travel because Hannah would play it. Um, I don't know, uh, but I just thought that was a that was an interesting point. Is um, the argument that that the, it could be seen as he's making these tournaments more important than USDGC? Um, to me, how I kind of viewed his decision was less about which tournaments he's picking over which, and more about the calculated risk that if I if I start now at winter time. And I get to Ledgestone and I'm feeling great. I'll finish my season. You know what yeah. I mean? There's no, there's nothing telling me I can't finish my season. But if I miss, if I don't start now and I miss these tournaments, then I'll never know if I could have played a full year and I would have missed Memorial, Waco, and Wintertime. Um, that's kind of how I viewed it. But I did think that was a, a interesting way to look at it. Was like he's basically risking USDGC for. In everyone's eyes, you know, smaller tournaments. Maybe tournaments he cares about more, but but smaller tournaments. But, it's not a major. But the timing-wise, because if he if he doesn't play these, or like if he starts a little later, yeah, like it doesn't give him enough time. I think there's more time at the end of the season than there is at the beginning. Well, yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm 
I get that. To like carry into the off season. Well, originally the uh, the initial report we got was he'd be in a boot for a month. So if he took off of Waco wintertime and Memorial, that would give him a second month. So then he would be in the boot for two months. But the doctor said he needs like six months in this boots. This boot. So well, if he if he needs six months, right or something like that, I could be I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, if six months of August to January, so I guess that would kind of work in the right. the off season. But um, I, I can't. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I thought it was something like that. Yeah, I didn't really see that number on Ulti World or anywhere, but well, I, I can't remember like what he had said to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was the only uh, only like actual argument that I read, and I was like, that argument makes sense for the first time. It's not someone just saying. Oh, he's going to make it worse, blah, blah, blah. I'm not listening to what he's already said. That argument kind of made sense. Um, so I did ask Paul about his injury when we saw him in person on, uh, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Holy Two days cow. Ago. This was a long, okay, good. No. Was it yesterday? We shot a video at Falling Creek two days ago. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, if that was yesterday, today has been the longest day on earth. Holy cow. It's been long anyways, but um, (laughs) when talking about it yesterday, I asked him if he was worried about being ready for the season skill wise. Um, But he said he's not worried about that at all. He thinks he'll come out the gates ready to go. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. There'll be a little bit rust compared to if he had, you know, prepped and practiced fully and um, healed all and like all that. Um, But, you know, he had to heal all all off season. Um, so I think the, the question that we're going to see is how long do you give before we see last year Macbeth? Do you think he comes out the gate swinging? Do you think he's popping off 1060s at wintertime? No, because like he has been in the boot for a little while now. And before the boot, he was taking time off. So maybe not maybe not wintertime, but Memorial. Memorial. So you think the just one, his second tournament? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, the, I think the toughest part is his putting stroke. Excuse me, because um, yeah, I guess he he said that he's able to like transfer weight and stuff on his boot on his boot, but he also told us that it's kind of like he's walking in Skechers shape ups. Yeah, where they're like that's what he said the other day is yeah. rolling. And so yeah. to me, I, I that's Maybe the biggest thing bit. in my mind that I'm like, which you know maybe it only takes a hundred two hundred putts for him to get back to his uh normal stroke. But Mr. Croak's on the board. Oh, uh, Mr. Croak. Hey, Mr. Croak. Um, <laughs> I just think that that could that could be something that potentially could hinder him is just getting used to putting without that boot on after practice putting for a month because that's really all he's able to do we've seen him throw some in like the brody video and stuff like that but you can tell in the videos he's being very careful not to like yeah. plant hard and he can't throw right right now well, well now he's got when's memorial i mean when's uh winter time next weekend so he's got from now until then to practice yeah basically yeah and so i just i wouldn't be surprised if uh he came out kind of like last year where we just saw him start the season a little slow just Last year was kind of because of the the disc the discraft transition, and I think this year might be because of the the boot transition. But yeah, uh, anything from the board on this topic before we jump over to some other injuries? Sure, there are no gar- Okay, Benjamin said there are no there are no guarantee. What if the what if he furthers? Wow, I am. What if he further injures it and he can't compete at this level anymore? Is he going to be okay with that? What that's what he needs to ask himself. Well, I mean, his doctor said it was fine, and really. Um, so well, well, let's let's break this down. What is the the technical injury? It was something bruise, like a bone bruise. Yeah. So this is not something that's gonna like rupture, or he's not gonna tear his NACL with a bone bruise. It just takes some time. Yeah. Like if I punch you in the face, you can still see, but it takes time to heal. Yeah. Well, it's. I think yeah. Looking at it like it's a a bruise on your hand, if you 
constantly touch it, which I used to do this in middle school. I don't know if everyone else did, but if you just like tap yourself long enough, you'll get a bruise. Is this true? Yeah. If you just tap yourself. No way. I used to do this in class. I'd get bored. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. If you tap yourself long enough, you'll get a bruise. But you then if you, if you continue to tap that bruise, it hurts more and more. Right. But all it does is it's going to take a little bit longer to heal the more you use it. I think it's the same thing. We're not, he's not risking, you know, my Achilles tour. Uh, it's not quite Achilles tendon. Say it again. Achilles tour and you know if when i'm playing you know I'll, he's not risking something like that or, or like an acl where it's not fully healed i'm still going to go out and do things that i know will hurt it it's something that like it'll put me in a little bit more physical discomfort throughout the season but long term there's no risk i think if there was any question of is this risking his long-term future golf he wouldn't have done it because yeah. if you go back, you know, he had talked about, I might not be able to play this season if I need surgery, if I need this or that, when the injury wasn't figured out, once the injury was figured out, he felt comfortable with the idea that I can play and I'm good to go. Um, and so I don't think that with, so with how like legacy minded Paul is and how much he, he knows how important this is for his career. I don't think he's taking this lightly at all. Uh, okay, this is what someone said. Further injuring isn't the real concern. It's a bone bruise. What doesn't make sense to me is that you'd preemptively take off the back half of the season. But then if he doesn't, then next season, he's got to take off the beginning half because then he won't be ready for that. I, I think this was, I think the preemptively taking off the back end of the season was kind of um, uh, like from his doctor. Like saying, if you play now, uh, you can like push through whatever you know i don't know what type of like treatment they can do for a bone bruise or, or anything like that but th i guess they can do something to get him through a certain point and then at that point i guess it's up to him i yeah. think this is more of saying like i'm letting you know this up front don't expect me at these tournaments if i make it great if i don't yeah i'm just giving myself I, he just doesn't want to have the same off season of everything's up in the air he can't practice he'd yeah. rather oh, heal from august to whenever it takes and then have time to be fully healed and practicing next season i think is the right. decision it came down to yeah and i think it's uh it's paul's decision at, at the end of the day yeah right i mean what were you what were you reading i was trying to read it timeline is debated in the literature but six weeks to two years depending on the how do you say it? severity severity yeah i mean okay I, yeah I don't know. To me, there was Paul was going to play this year, even if he had to get surgery. Um, he there was no question he was he was coming back at some point. Yeah. Um, and then him and his doctor just made the decision as to to when he's most comfortable doing it. And apparently, that is next weekend. Yeah. So, uh, some other injuries that we have kind of not forgotten about, but haven't been in the limelight because they're kind of in the past. Um, the first one is Yuli. Um, I've got that. He is getting back in action, and we'll see his first real test at the Memorial. Um, but so far in small, smaller tournaments he's played this year, he's played two, a B tier and a C tier, and he's been averaging about 10-20. Um, those have been in smaller tournaments, so you know you might be able to expect closer to like 10-30, 10-35 uh, if those are tour events. Um, but, but I mean, I know you have a quote uh, pulling up from him. I do. Um, so, so let's hear that. So I messaged him today just because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I just wanted to know what was going on, how he's feeling. Um, I basically just asked him how he felt um, and would he be... Ha, uh, I asked him how he'd be, he felt and um, is he going to be ready for the season. He said, now, quote, I'm feeling okay, not 100%. I ran into some unforeseen speed bumps that slowed me down. I'm still optimistic about the start of the season. Well, sweet. So, what are you expecting 
coming out the gates from him. Well, now I don't know because like he might not start the season. Is that what he's? That's basically what he's saying, right? Oh, some unexpected speed bumps. I kind of well, took said, it as like I'm still his recovery. Op- well, he said I'm still optimistic about the start of the season, or maybe he means like about his play. I thought that's why. That's how I feeling. took it. Okay, oh. I don't know. I'm, okay, maybe I'll take it as that. Um, well, and what did you say he's been shooting? 1020 and the, but that's a, a B tier and a C tier. Which uh, we know. 1020. Okay, which we know playing Pro Tour and um. Wow. National tour majors. National tours. Your, your rating's going to go up. So that 1020 is probably like 1040 almost. Yeah. Um, so if that's how he's been playing, then he'll be fine, right? Because he's been playing for a little while now. Yeah. Um, but maybe, if anything, just a little lower than normal. But even with these speed bumps, he still seemed, you know, he. I don't know. Yeah, I'll put it this way. In our in our skip base league, which if you haven't signed up. Um, oh, yeah. You got to do that because you can win. What money. is the join code? Not actual money, pull gift up. card money. Uh, well, well, Zach pulls it up, but money. I will say my my memorial pick, my memorial four picks does include Yuli, and he it was does. one of the first ones I picked, not as a winner, but as I, I know he's going to be up there, uh, is kind of like my gut feeling with it. I just, I feel like in Arizona, memorial, he's pumped up, he's ready to go, he's been waiting to play for a long time, um, he's got some crystal raptors in his hands, I don't know if they'll be in his bag, but they're in his hands, Uh I don't see him not coming out and putting on a strong performance there. So hopefully I just put we'll the, see it back at 100%. The join code in the comments. Awesome. Can we pin a comment? I don't know. I'll All look right. at that uh, while you read off the, the next, next entry. One. All right. So obviously we saw Eagle get hurt last year. Um, we will not be able to see Eagle at all prior to Memorial. Um, but I, I really think that he's going to be 100%. Uh, I think you'll, you agree also. Yeah. Um, we haven't heard anything that, you know... We haven't heard anything that, that would he, contradict that. Yeah, that would contradict that. Um, so we should have asked Jeff in Jeff's corner, but Jeff's still oh. on the board. So Jeff um, is there. If you if you have something to disagree with us on that one, Jeff, about Eagle being at a hundred percent come time for Memorial, go ahead and uh, let us know there. But I mean, to me, Eagles it was a it was his broken hand. Um, so that's something that should have healed in probably four to eight weeks, I would assume, and um, you know that that would have been over december and yeah. i'm just fixing my hat no big deal uh, of an over in like december which would mean he should he should have a few months of prep time leading up to memorial i think he'll come out with a chip on his shoulder ready to prove um that he's not to be messed with this year and i think he's gonna come out hot uh the next one is to me the biggest wild card we I, we don't really know nothing jeff says eagle will be fine okay so okay. yeah that's what we assumed um this one to me is the biggest wild card uh, so Ricky will start his year. Ricky Wysocki will start his year at the Las Vegas Challenge um, as his first test of the year after his uh, holistic fight with Lyme's disease that ended his season last year. So we know he's feeling healthy. We know he's yeah. he's feeling back to normal. To me, the question is, Lyme's disease can have different flare-ups. When's, when's Las Vegas? The weekend after wintertime. Mm. Oh, so end, Memori- end of February. So Memorial is beginning of March. Ooh. Uh, I believe, or maybe last week in February, something like that. Um, But Lyme's disease can have different flare-ups, right? Uh, So that, to me, is the biggest question, is because it wasn't wasn't caught early and treated with medicine, um, because, like, I had Lyme's disease. It was caught, for me, within the first 24 hours or so. Had medicine, never had another flare-up, never even had symptoms of it, done. It's in the past. I'll I'll never have to worry about it again. Gonzo. But I know other people that had Lyme's disease that wasn't caught soon enough. They still went on the medicine, got rid of it there. But, for instance, my uh, painter who paints things around the house, uh, uh, whenever there's like a really high thing because I'm scared of heights, 
Um, <laughs> yes, you can see that in Birdie's video. He, he has Lyme's disease, and there has been times where he's working a job, and he's had to call in one of his friends as a painter because he can't get out of bed that day. Right. Um, because of like different pains and stuff that, that comes with Lyme's disease. So to me, that's the biggest question mark. So basically, is his whole excuse me his whole year is gonna be like hit, hit and run it could be no, nothing <laughs> hit and run hit, go, hit and miss hit and miss wow i just said hit and run yeah. like I, it terrible. could go without a hitch it could go perfectly could, fine yeah but i also think that there could be a day where he's, he's, in, the lead, he's well. in the lead at worlds and then he has a lyme disease flare-up and yeah. he's out for the rest of the week hopefully not that would Ho- suck. hopefully not um but i think that's the biggest question mark and you know i, I don't think initial skill wise we're going to see uh any type of downfall with ricky there's no reason to believe that um jeff said just to note kale dropped out of worlds last year because of a a flare-up yeah anything can happen uh it's true and and, i mean especially the disc golfer lyme's disease is is no joke it's something that if especially in the southeast you know you always have to worry about with ticks and stuff there's i mean so many things from ticks because this man can't eat red meat uh Red meat, I've had a rickliosis, which almost killed me. Uh, a bunch of stuff, all because of stupid little ticks. Um, I had a tick on my dog the other day. 70 degrees out, and there's ticks out. Gosh. No. Ridiculous. Um, but, you know, that's just something that, that comes with comes with it. And, yeah. you know, Ricky did what he felt was best to, to fight off Lyme's disease. We won't rehash that whole argument. Uh, okay. We talked about it later before in the, the podcast. But hopefully he, he can get through the whole season, play like uh, he's capable of playing, and... um provide some fireworks and some we have a competitive season but i think that is a question mark as we we head towards the year is will he make it through without some type of flare-up uh or hitch so yeah all right now let's move on to the next topic first of all i wanted to i thought this was funny because it happened in my head someone said to me ask for clarification next time you text yuli so that you don't have to speculate what he meant and i wanted to like press a button that says nobody's perfect so it's funny guess hunter didn't think that was funny i don't i can't believe hannah montana just made it onto our podcast i thought it was funny (laughs) um so for this so this next one uh we kind of broke this into like two different topics we probably could have just stuck on the Macbeth injury to be honest with you because we're already an hour in but uh this one i don't think will take very long and every time i say that it does but uh so this source is in the the bio below basically there was an interview with jeremy rusco um and questions uh, basically after losing Paige and Missy and letting go of another number of other players on their team, questions have been raised about the state of Dynamic Disc as a business, so much so that we have seen both a public statement and now this interview with Jeremy Resco. Um, and this interview was posted on uh, UDisc. Um, so a lot of it was just about like history, the state of disc golf, uh, stuff like that. So there's really only, from what I remember, three, maybe four questions that were kind of... Uh, juicier questions or yeah. loaded questions um yeah let me, so, let me take the first one yeah we, we have some quotes from them and then we'll kind of give our thoughts our take on it type of a thing okay so this um quote that we're going to give is from this question when uh rusco was asked if they had the opportunity to match discrafts you good what? I was, I was, yeah we're good <laughs> to match uh discrafts offers with page and missy rusco said and quote Whenever Paige brought concerns to us during our our agreement period, we always tried to remedy them or at least have a conversation about them. When Paige made us aware that she had been talking with Discraft, we made our best efforts to hear what she was what she was been offered between Discraft, Gripped, and others. I said Gripped, Grip, and others. Though we were in a three-year agreement, Dynamic Discs was prepared to match Paige's other offers or at least find a 
uh, comparable solution. However, we weren't given a final ultimatum or number to match. She sim- simply shared with us that she was n- that she was moving over to Discraft. Yeah, so to me, this is the kind of the other side of the Paige story. Um, we we talked about it when we when Paige came out on Smashbox and kind of went through what all happened. Um, this is really funny. The, I just lost the game. No, yeah. what? Uh, lost what game? We, this one? The Bieber comment. That was hilarious. Better Hannah Montana than Justin Bieber, but never say never. That yeah. was really funny. His his username's I just lost the game. You just won the game, sir. Yeah, no. Um, you you yeah. Anyways, back uh so Paige had the interview with Smashbox and gave her side. And in her side it seemed very much like I presented this is what I want, this is what's being presented to me, and it was shut down. Right. It was knocked down. So it's kinda like they're they're saying different things. From Rusco's point of view, they never knew what she was being offered. Right. They, and if they if they knew, they were willing to match it. And so, he's saying they they were never given that ultimatum or like this is what I was offered, match yeah. it type of a thing. So so who's holding back? I I am always a believer that when you hear two sides of the story, the truth is right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. And so I think this is a, just a huge communication error, and I say huge because well, you just uh, yeah, a it's big huge. one company makes a lot of money off of this, and the other company loses a lot of potential money off of this because yeah. if Dynamic would have done this exact same deal. It would have been just as big, if not bigger, I feel like, than her doing it with Discraft. Because she already had the dynamic, you know, be able to create her own disc, not just have the deputy. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Well, do... I don't think they ever would have done that. He's saying if if they would have known, they would have. Cause... But remember, Latitude's, you know, they get their discs from Latitude, which yeah. is all in Sweden. Sweden. So it's not like she's flying over to Sweden every week to create a disc. Yeah, she couldn't have, like, it wouldn't have been the same process as far as It would have been Discraft. a lot harder. It would have been a lot harder. But I think it would have had a similar effect of if if they would have given her everything that this craft just gave her, I think she would have stayed personally. Um, there is other stuff that with with her contract that would have had to been worked out. Um, but t- to me, I think the truth has to be somewhere in the middle where Paige felt like she was yeah. telling him what was going on. Maybe she was telling one person and wasn't making it all the way back to Roscoe. And he been. feels like I don't know. There's some communication error here that's very unfortunate. Um, because Paige had said that she expressed concerns with Dynamics several times, tried talking things through with them. Uh, and like I said, Rusko is saying that by the time they found out she was talking with Discraft, it was essentially too late yeah. to, to do anything. Jeff said, um, at the end of the day, though, the player needs doesn't need to defend their actions as much as a company needs to do damage control. That is very true. Very true. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Oh, yeah. Is with all this, Rusko's doing damage control, which we'll talk about in a second. You only do damage control when there's like damage to control. So obviously something's something's hitting <laughs> yeah. the fan. Like he keeps yeah. saying, like everything's fine, we're doing good, you know, whatever. We'll talk about both sides of it in a second. But um, and then the the Missy quote, I'll read this one. Um, for as far as Missy goes, he said we had a decent bit of back and forth with Missy's sponsorship deal, raising our commitment several times from our initial 2020 offer after multiple exchanges and extending an offer above what we had anticipated. It seemed to us like we were still weren't finding common ground uh, when our best offer. When our best offer was met with requests to negotiate, we made the difficult decision to pull the offer from the table. So to me, it just seems like Mc, uh, not Macbeth. Discraft was willing, was saying that Missy was more valuable than Dynamic was willing to go. Yeah, but you know, also Missy wanted to do her her nonprofit, which is fantastic. Your thing is Zoe. Oh, and I totally think about the wrong person. <laughs> but no, Missy's just a, a great up and coming player. My bad. Um, I think to me this kind of is it seems like um uh trilogy and dynamic more so dynamic in this case uh is just getting swallowed up in the fact that they they're not 
Discraft or Innova. They're not a big company with a lot of resources to pull pull from. Um, and so when it comes to a contract like this, when it gets to a certain point, you're at a point of diminishing returns and where they know I can't get much more out of you. Whereas a company like Discraft can say, I think we can. And if we can't, it doesn't hurt us. It's okay. You know, yes, we lose whatever. I don't know the, the details of Missy's contract, but obviously we lose whatever guaranteed money or whatever. Um, and it's not as as big of a deal towards a Discraft or an Innova um, as it would be to a more mid-sized manufacturer like Dynamic. Yeah. Um, uh, this goes back to the page thing. And I'm going to read it only because I completely agree with it. And uh, discs. Uh, so this is what Zach said. Discs are a month away from, month out from Dynamic, and less than 30 minutes at Discraft. I don't think DD ever stood a chance when she got in her mind what she wanted to do going forward. I completely agree. And you you had said it could be as big or bigger. I don't think there was even a chance uh, to for her to create this disc and you know days later get it from Bob. But that and that then, it that has a lot on the player, but doesn't have a lot on how big as far as the move goes, as far as the impact and sales go. But she's been with DD this entire time, and yeah, there hasn't so been a, like some huge thing going on. I think the move, even if she didn't get her own disc, I think the move is still bigger than anything she could have re-signed with DD. See, I disagree there because I think if she would have, I think it could have been at least equal. There is hype around Discraft. She's reaching a new audience, but she had built yeah. this audience with Trilogy, and Trilogy people are very loyal to Trilogy. Uh, that's We've seen that time and time again. Yeah. Not so much players, but throwers love Trilogy, and if you love Trilogy, you're going to keep throwing it. I think a move like that, whereas it might have been harder on a player's side, like I completely agree. To be able to tell Discraft, hey, this seal's a little too domey, and 30 seconds later, they're like, okay, how's this one? And she's like, yeah. oh, this is great. This is yeah. exactly what I want. Versus telling them they have to go to Sweden, get all remold, bring it back. It's a probably cost expense. Dynamic might not have actually offered it when it came down to it because of yeah. because of the cost and logistics. I don't think they could have. But if they could if they could have and they would have and they offered her the same thing, I think monetary wise monetary wow, why did I break that down <laughs> to three freaking syllables? But monetary wise, um I guess it is three syllables. Anyways, this is dang it, Hunter. Get back on it. Uh <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I think that dynamic um would have benefited maybe maybe i'm thinking more like proportional like it would have been a bigger move for dynamic than it's a bigger move for discraft if that makes sense because i guess you see what i'm saying yes like this would have brought dynamic to a whole nother level that discraft's already there and this is just like adding one more thing but i think also this wasn't adding like a this wasn't adding a missy what, what was her name again missy, missy gannon. gannon this wasn't adding a missy gannon this was adding like you know they probably almost have almost have made back her her um her contract already. Yeah, in in like three months. But I think that I think Dynamic could have moved a similar amount of her type of of her putter. Oof, we're gonna have to disagree. Okay. Anyways, uh, so when you when Rusko was asked about letting Peter McBride and Jordan Castro go, what did I just say? Did I mess up or someone? Said, <laughs> it just oh, sounded no. weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Peter. Uh, Peter. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> carry on when asked about letting peter mcbride go <laughs> and jordan Castro, he stated when the time came to renegotiate contracts for 2020 and beyond we weren't able to find the financial commitment that would work for us and for jordan or peter that was the most difficult part of player sponsorships decisions constantly had to be made uh about player decisions constantly have to be made about player value and we simply don't have unlimited funds to sponsor everyone that we like um so uh and then when it comes to all these changes, um, if they've had a negative impact on the business, 
Rusko said, I don't believe that it has had a negative impact on the business side. We've actually seen increase in our sales over the last several months or so. Jeff's with me. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Jeff's on Team Discraft. He has to be with you. Uh, so I we've talked about this before. Um, I think that what this is, what all of this is, uh, is after they lost Paige, this is dynamic, like Jeff said, doing damage control, but also making room for a bigger player. Because right now they're realizing that they can't offer what other companies are offering because they're being spread thin. So if we're paying, you know, Discraft can afford to pay, let's say, let's just say 20. We'll just say that. If Discraft can afford to pay 20 and... Dy- and, and you're saying can, 20 people? Yeah. Okay. I know they can afford way more than that, but... No, I didn't know uh, what you were saying. Just for the proportion wise. So let's say Discraft can pay 20 people. Innova can pay 20 people. Then when we're looking at Dynamic, Prodigy, these players, they might only be able to pay 10 people. And so they're saying... You know, why are we paying 20 when we can only afford to pay 10 if we want to match what these other companies are doing? So they're trimming it so that they can provide players with what they're going to get elsewhere. Because if not, then anytime a player comes in with Trilogy, gets really good, then at the end of the day, it's a business. And the player is going to be looking like, look, I love Trilogy, sure, but how can I turn this down? Mm-hmm. Like, this is too good. You know that, like, we all agree on it. How can I turn this down? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, at the end of the day, the move that Dynamics making is saying, this cannot happen again. If we want a player of Paige's caliber or anyone close to Paige's caliber on a men's or women's side, we've got to make cap. We've got to have a salary yeah. cap room um, for a signing like this. So I think that's where this decision's coming from. As far as sales go, there's no way to tell. No, there's not. And I don't want to call the guy a liar, but just from experience, we don't see any, I don't think any, or hardly ever any, dynamic discs on Infidence, like Top Weekly. We don't, uh, I guess I could say this, we've never reordered dynamic from the our first order. So where are all these sales coming from? I mean, it could be elsewhere, right? Yeah. That's fine. But as Infinite being their, the number one retailer... Well, I think... We, one thing that we have to remember is proportion wise they're a mid-size so sales going up for them they might not expect uh, yeah. uh, a disc like the destroyer or the zeus or to consistently be a top disc producing because yeah. they're not a big dog they're not discraft or enova they don't even they don't even make their own discs in-house they have to outsource it you know what i mean like they're not yeah. a big competitor so i could see where that would um like like i said there's no way to tell increase yeah. or decrease and I think one thing that we've talked about on the negative side before that I think we're kind of seeing the positive side of it now is that disc, disc, wow, Dynamic Disc's in-house marketing team is so good. Um, before, we've talked about the negative side where they're not really marketing players, but I think now we're seeing the positive side of that, where if these players leave, you're not losing your marketing power because mm-hmm. we have Cool Daddy Slick Breeze, Robert McCall, Eric McCabe, Danny Lindahl, uh, Anthony... Van, I, his last name's hard. I'm not going to pronounce it. Anthony. We have all these guys in house yeah. that, like, this is their job. Their job is to produce stuff for us. If we lose all these players, like, yes, it hurts, but at the end of the day, it's okay because we still have our marketing efforts. I think that's kind of the plus side that we're seeing uh, throughout all of this. I agree. Um, Trevor Hill said we sell maybe 25 to 40 dynamic discs a week at Gotta Go. I don't know what Gotta Go is. Gotta Go, Gotta Throw. It's a website, and I believe they have an in-person store. It's in Minnesota? Yes, Minnesota. uh, Okay, now I'm going to be completely honest. That is close to as much as we've sold all last year. 40 40 dynamic No, that's not true. Close. No. Kind of close. No. 
we we've almost we sold basically half of our order. Oh, that's true. I forgot we did that big sale. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. anyway, we I think part of it too on our our side. I mean, was, we're, we're so we're so discraft heavy. We're discraft heavy. We we've also got Paul. Um, we've got Hannah. We've got all that. We also didn't order what we should have ordered when it was all said and done. A lot of the stuff that we ordered is going to sit on anyone's website. And, and we also pulled right off their top seller list, Well, we, no, list, we, right? we pulled off their top seller list and we asked them to fill in the spaces, but when it's all said and done, we missed out on releases and stuff like that. Right. Because of the because of the fact that we're a new business, yeah. we don't have all... Like, if you're infinite and, you know, you're, you're doing a huge volume, you can spread it out. We right. have to calculate, you know, this new release from Discraft's coming a month from now. Do we want to restock a brand that isn't really moving yeah. or do we want to save it for a bigger restock? Pretty As we much. move forward, we'll be able to like when releases and stuff come out, it'll it'll go up. Um, but that's kind of the state of things currently being a business that's not even a year old yet. Yeah. Uh, coming up on it, though. Almost. What was the first? What February 11th? We didn't open February 11th. I think that's we? when we opened. We did? I thought we opened up at the end of the month. Like 20 something. Maybe it was the 22nd. 22nd. Definitely. That's it. Um, we're almost a year old. We're almost there. So that's cool. Ah, so that's a good transition. Is there any uh, other comments or s- anything that needs to be brought up about? No, not really. Uh, Everyone's that. just talking, basically. You gotta you know. love when that happens. I, I really do. Like, oh, when I thought people that was sarcastic. Are like, no. I was like, what are you talking about? I love when people are just kind of like, it's like an experience. You, if, you, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you're missing half the yeah. experience. We probably sound like idiots if you listen on Spotify because I we're all over voice. the place. And, and I hate my voice. So That's not, I wasn't saying that. I was well, more I saying, was saying like, we'll be like talking, then we laugh about a comment that yeah. everyone else can see. But if you're on Spotify, you're like... What just happened? Yeah, you're excluded. So if you're on Spotify, li- join in live next week. There's a lot of you on Spotify. Somebody did just say that they joined in their first time. Awesome. From uh from Spotify. Yeah. First time watching live. Uh, like we we're kind of a backwards podcast in that we we plan it for YouTube first and have Spotify and iTunes kind of as our, our afterthought, if you want to put it that way. Which is fine because we get much more views. Well we get we get yeah. More views on YouTube than we do Yeah. Outside. So. But we provide it there. It, it, but most podcasts are produced audio only and edited for that. Yeah. We we produce it for a live stream and backwards work it to spotify yeah. whatever anyways uh in foundation news so uh, this don't leave because did you bring any discs um no i oh man oh there's pictures on it on instagram yeah there's pictures on instagram and yeah. they're on our site but our oh, new yeah. stamp uh is live on the site um we we shared it to our patreons first as always and then sent the email out second as always and then posted on um social media so fully live now to the public uh, if you go to our site, you'll find it right on the header. Um, I really like this stamp. Me um, too. I hated it at first. You can you can ask Zach. We were trying to come up with t-shirt designs. Yes, you did hate it. And I sent it and I was like, guys, we got to outsource this or something. I My brain's done. I've worked on this for like four hours. I hate all of these. And I sent like five designs. Yeah. And y'all both were like, dude, this one's dope. And I was yeah. like, what do you mean? Like, this sucks. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, well, I can kind of see where it's cool. And it's been one of our best-selling shirts. And so when it was all said and done, we were like, let's slap that puppy on a disc because uh, it looks looks cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's now live on our site. We also. I don't know if they, they can't. Oh, jeez. This is very out of focus, right? I can't tell. I, I think my eyes are off because we always look out of focus to me. Is that better? That looks in focus, which really sucks if that's in focus because. Because that means that we're not in focus. My head needs to be up there. Okay. Well, Anyways. how do we get this in focus? Can, if I go really close, I can go. I can go up there and try to focus. Show them. Because you guys got to see these 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 mugs. These are amazing. 
for the, I mean, Ready for the, the, the amount of coffee that, what? Why don't you just zoom into my cup right here? That's what I'm going to do, because I got to focus it. Yeah. All right. Stick with us here, because these cups are dope. Wait. My no, wait, 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 wait. Boom! There she is. Kind of a little bit of light on it, but yeah. Look at that cup. Look at that. All right, they looked at it. Which what? Which are going to be live, uh, directly following this podcast. Um, in just a few minutes, we didn't take any pictures today, so this is basically going to be a picture of maybe me or hunter holding the cup it's gonna be way different than our other pictures um we have very limited amount are we giving one away we had mentioned it um if people are interested in it do you guys want a mug does somebody want a mug anyone want a mug wait have you ever tried otb have you ever tried foundation discs i will say the yeah. owner of otb was on a podcast yeah, he, um he and was very very complimentary complimentary of us, foundation which uh, I really appreciated and one thing I'll mention about OTB is I think so he had mentioned where like our podcast and stuff like that was something that every retailer should strive to do yeah. um, it was very complimentary on that side to, for me I I always am striving to be more like OTB on the uh, website side yep. where they, they mentioned I think like firmness wearability stuff like that that's stuff that we're trying to slowly add in um, I'm very much like big on how our website looks and sometimes the look compromises the not really the experience because i think that when there's too much information the experience goes downhill mm -hmm. um and so i'm trying to like kind of fit, find that balance of enough information that you guys feel like you have the disc with you um because that's a huge thing with online disc sales you can't see enough information that you feel like you have the disc but not so much information that you're gonna have to go to a page and sit for 30 seconds or more in order to find a disc you want to buy yeah um i think there's a i think there's a good little uh balance there and trying to figure that one out so it's a big one um final uh final foundation news there it is um the patreon uh for our patreon page we have started a quick tip series we don't um, have any black zones sorry no one really has black zones yeah five time know. black zones very limited none were sent out in big orders i believe Sorry, they were, they were. That's why they said OTB was better. Well, they might have black zones. I don't know. Well, that'd be cool if they got them. Uh, because TJ Seneca just said foundation is two, but he was looking for black five time zones. Oh, that's cool if they do because I didn't. Yeah. Um, do we have any soft lunas left? Uh, we we, so okay, soft lunas. I made. I didn't make a mistake. No, they're you didn't the make softer a run of lunas. They're not the. But they're not the soft, soft run. lunas. It happened that the sec. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I was. Up there at Foundation doing inventory, yeah. I hit publish with the thing that says softer run. I start walking towards my car, discrafts live, pull it up on my phone. Soft There's lunas. Paul with a Luna bending it like it's some like crazy gummy thing. Yeah. And then here comes emails like, dude, you got the soft Lunas on your side? I'm like, well, no, it's, it's the second run of Lunas that was softer than the first run. But if you're looking for a gummy disc, they're still stiff. Yeah. They're still very stiff. They're just softer Lunas. Also, we did talk to Paul before he left the other day. Some... some Good stuff coming out. Pad your pockets with some money because you're going to need it. <laughs> you're really going to need it. Um, and then we also, uh, we decided, I believe, our special run of discs that we're going to be doing this year, but I'm not going to say it, right? Yes. We've, not we've saying it. somewhat decided, but not confirmed. 
Um, waiting on a few more details and dates and stuff. It's gonna be really cool. Um, what yeah. else are we talking? About? Oh, the Patreon. That's what I was on. Patreon. Yep, um, we're starting a quick tip series, which is gonna be like a two minute, like a uh, customized yes and no. Like I'll use the comments to kind of decide what the quick tip is on, but basically a tutorial fundamental series um, posted every week on our Patreon page only um, to try to provide some more content over there. Patreons also get early access to any drop we're allowed to. Uh, I say we're allowed to because I don't know about the Ledgestone discs if we're allowed to do stuff like that prior to I actual public we can. drops. Um, as well as like pre-orders. Uh, whenever something new hits our website, Patreons always find out at least an hour, sometimes even 12 hours in advance of the public for instance, the Crystal Raptors, uh, Patreons were notified well in advance. And a lot of them, probably 90% of them made sure they got their hands on some before yeah. the public ever even knew about it. So lots of different things for Patreons. We also do random sales just for them, um, just to provide some value for what they give us. So I think that's about wraps it up. Well, um, everyone wanted to do a giveaway. Oh, we, we are, we're doing a giveaway. Why Sick. not? Okay. How, how do we, what do we do? Um, here we go. If you can guess the origin of coffee that's in my mug right now, but it, it's a common one, so this shouldn't be very hard. Um, it, the first person to guess what kind of coffee is in my mug, the can country, the country, it's, no, you have a mug. the The country that this coffee is from, the first person to guess it, and if that is too hard, we'll just pick someone random from the guesses. So. I feel like I want to guess, even though I, because I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, but if you guess it and you guess it right, then that kind of sucks. Don't um, just don't tell me it's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess in the comments. Well, okay, so Zach will guess in the comment. Ignore the foundation disc golf comment, but um, I'm looking right? for the country, <laughs> the country that this coffee is. Everyone's from. saying Colombia. We don't drink. Uh, we don't drink. Some of the best coffee I've ever had is from Colombia, but that is cor incorrect. Yeah. Kenya is also incorrect. Brazil is also incorrect. Guatemala is incorrect. Honduras. These are all great ones, but uh, all incorrect. I will say Kenya's the closest. There's your hint. Oh, I was close. Ethiopia, we got it. Uh, Joseph Johnson. No, I glide something. Where? Was the first one I saw. Where do you see that? Uh, wow. Honduras, you said? No. What'd you say? Ethiopia. I glide 08. Yep. I glide 08. You just won yourself a mug. Ethiopia is my favorite kind of coffee, um, especially the ones that taste like blueberries. Mm -hmm. It's Ethiopian natural processed. Um, Roasted by Third Wave Coffee, the people that we did, well, my brother's company, but they're the ones that we did the <laughs> the, um, the collab with, if you remember those early tea time discs. So uh, there you go. Uh, iGlide08, go ahead and people email us. People are still us. guessing. Yeah, no. Well, because we're a little delayed. <laughs> oh, that's true. So it's 10 seconds after I say this. Um, go ahead and email us at foundationdiscgolf at gmail.com, letting us know uh, who you are and that you want it, and we will uh, get a mug shipped out to you. For the rest of you people, if you would like a mug, they will be up on our website. Um, Too fruity. Come on. That's the best kind of coffee. Yeah. I love fruity coffee. Uh, it'll be up on our website shortly following this podcast. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this week. I think so. No, we didn't talk about the video. Oh, well, okay, cool. Okay. Brody's video. Uh, if you guys haven't watched it already, you need to watch it. Fantastic. Um, okay. Don't get me started on front on Starbucks coffee because okay, uh, we're don't get me started, started on this. Here we go, uh, Stephen Ashley French roast Starbucks is the best. So here's the issue with don't French <laughs> roast. Okay, I worked at a, I worked at a specialty coffee shop for two years. Here we go. So the issue with French roast is if you take a coffee and you roast it to a French roast level, they're all going to taste the same because what you're tasting is that chocolatey caramelization 
that is essentially what coffee tastes like when it's burnt. So if coffee is going to taste good, uh, then like, well, not taste good because some people like the, I will, burnt coffee. At, at time I do like, like the caramel, stuff like that. But burnt once coffee. you, once you push coffee past like, uh, full city, city plus, whatever, uh, French roast level, once you get to that level, you're losing a lot of the acidity and the fruitiness that's found when it's at the lower level of roast. Um, and that's when, you know, a lot of the bright fruity stuff that makes good coffee, good coffee comes out because you can take a 20 cent per pound coffee, blitz the crap out of it, and it's going to taste decent as a dark roast. Whereas that 20 cent coffee is going to taste horrible as a light roast and more like $7 per pound coffee to the roaster is going to taste insane at light roast. You're going to be able to push it and, you know, things such as like airflow, the amount of wind heat's applied to different places changes everything about coffee. And it's insane um i beforehand i hated coffee once i worked at a coffee shop now i love it um yeah i yeah. don't drink coffee for uh caffeine at all i could go to bed right now i drink coffee for taste legit that's the only reason why i drink coffee but to go on the money side of of starbucks if you're gonna get like a small black coffee it's like i don't know three bucks or whatever maybe even more it, it literally cost them like seven cents that's how crap their coffee is but I'm going to stop there. Well, it's the genius of Starbucks. Oh, genius. But, like, you're paying for nothing, just so you guys know. Like, you're literally paying for... I will say, Ugh. white girl drink from Starbucks, they hit the spot. Like, if you're looking <laughs> for, like, if you're looking for, like, a, a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino or a peppermint mocha, like, their coffee is good when you add, like, milk and sugar and stuff to it to hide the coffee. Then <laughs> so the coffee sucks but like the, the chocolatey stuff okay. like mixes yeah, well yeah. with that whereas if you if you okay if you like have an ethiopian yogurt chef or like anything that's super light and super bright it's not going to mix well with milk like there was times when i worked at the coffee shop that we had such an acidic coffee that was like super like orange like that if you poured milk in it it would curdle because of how much acidity was wow, in there and so like we would serve it and people would be like oh can i have half and half i'm like to be honest with you no i'm gonna i'm gonna make you a different cup that you can add half and half to because yeah. it's for your own good trust me uh the guy joseph said that he roasts coffee for a living i'd love to taste some of it if you want to send it our way <laughs> i'll drink it on the podcast starbucks coffee burnt coffee with a mountain of sugar but they so what it they, makes it taste good they but they burn it they they burn coffee from starbucks on purpose because so if it's at such temperature you can't taste the coffee yeah it covers it that's yeah. what i'm saying once you once you push coffee to a certain limit it all tastes the same yeah and that's when you lose the beauty of coffee yeah exactly anyway the brody video uh how <laughs> how 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 uh gouged our discs after the video i didn't even check mine really weren't i don't, uh, I don't think I mean, the only one, only disc of mine that like took a beating was the crank. If you watched that one that I tried to go all the way across, so where Zach like nailed the shot. If you if you email us, I can send you our address. Dope. Um, the one from like the double decker, like we're yeah, going from the, yeah, the, the big top shot, of the top. Big shot. I watched Brody and Hannah and Paul in a boot throw, and they were getting to that lower level. And I'm like, they didn't make it. Uh, Paul did, and Brody's skipped off, and Hannah's almost made it there. And so I'm looking at it thinking screw the lower level i can, i'm gonna get i'm gonna hit zach with this disc like they said it was 425 to get and it was like eye level across i'm like i can do that <laughs> yeah and so i grabbed my crank and i'm thinking i'm gonna be all big and bad i'm gonna rip this thing straight at zach next thing you know i threw it too high and it stalls and then it skipped off the bleachers like four times into the middle of ob that's the only disc that i can remember that i would be that like when it hit my heart hurt i was like i know that hurt. i know that it has to be flippier now but other than that i don't 
when they're doing mm-hmm. the trick shots some of theirs got pretty beat up oh theirs did yeah and to be honest with you guys he was throwing <laughs> paul in his trick shots was throwing his black on black on black five time zones and there i asked him how many of these were made and i think he said 17 he's like count the bag that's how many yeah i was like and then i was like so now they're all unthrowable good job yeah but anyway we uh that was such a fun video yeah. and he edited he edits so well yeah that's what it, i was talking i was, was like great his iphone footage was great blows away my our camera footage i'm like yeah it was kind of disappointing well, not disappointing it was kind of like a hurtful like step up your game yeah like it was yeah. like a, a screw you hunter this is how a real guy does it but it was good it was an awesome video it was really fun people were a lot of the comments were um saying that like we should do a video again all of us which, yeah, yeah. which would be great but now paul just left and all that stuff but yeah. it was so much fun i can't believe we actually got to do that oh, yeah. it was a honest. dream it was it was so cool not just the brody part but like the the playing disc golf the in the level. stadium yeah that was cool too yeah that was really cool everything everything about it was cool it was a great experience uh and someone commented saying that we played better which we're not going to say who wins or loses or anything like that um but someone commented and said that we played better than we ever did in our own videos. It's true. 100% true. Yeah. Whoever I've said never that, made I, those I kind laughed of so hard because I was like, that's so true. We suck in our own videos. Someone said, what would you have done if I missed the shot from the top when I went through the uh, the uprights? Oh, it would have been... Uh, well, my shot, we could have made it through because I skipped backwards. Did you? When I threw the Luna, I hit the screen and it like came backwards. So okay. We could have thrown like a hyzer in, but Zach peered it. Yeah. Peered it, peered it. Technically, I didn't peer it. I... You nicked the handrail, the very top of the handrail. Yeah, handrail. The first, uh, the little like protective railing on the second deck. Oh, I you think bounced off. I was that. talking about the last, the last hole. Oh, we're talking about that one. Well, I was. Do- oh, well, okay. My answer's still the same because my shot was short in the bleachers. That's long. You didn't make it through. We would have to like shot around and then back through and through again. Oh, your upright shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We would have been screwed if Zach didn't make that. That's why, if in the video, I was so upset with Zach. You two combined make one open player. Very true. How dare you? <laughs> Very true. There was a time where that wasn't true, but right now that is extremely true. Yeah. I used to be able to hold my own back in the glory days when I was nineteen. I think we need to. I think we need to play a tournament this year. We need to play a tournament and film it. Like you play, we'll pick a, a weekend. You play a tournament, I'll film you. Yeah, and then you play. And I I'll play a tournament you. and you film me. Show people what we're like in real tournaments. You got some 800 rated golf right here, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah, when I get in a tournament, I'm a I'm a mental case. Not like I blow up, but like I either go off and play great or I shoot way worse than you've ever seen me play. Yeah. And when Brody kept saying uh, that we were taking five to seven minutes because someone just said that, taking five to seven minutes discussing strategy. We took like a minute, wrong. if even. And yeah. it was for one shot. Yeah, he just kept ripping on us. And it was, one, it was just the one shot that took long and then he just kept going. It was because... Uh, it was because I was talking about should we go for the tunnel or not, and I was like Zach, I don't know if I should go through the tunnel. Maybe I'll lay up and you go for it. That's all it was. It was a back and forth for that for like a minute, and then Brody yeah. during the whole time was talking to Z- to Paul and Hannah, turned around yeah. like y'all haven't thrown yet. It's been five minutes. I'm yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And then he just held on to it. But yeah, that was uh, that was funny. It was a great video. A lot of fun. It was uh, doing pretty well. I don't know what to expect on a, a Brody level channel because yeah. I mean he has two hundred and twenty times our channel. Yeah, something like that. I think that math made sense. Maybe. Uh, Sam Anyways. said, um, "Sam said I just started watching your guys' videos, uh, loving the challenge videos. Well, thanks. We appreciate that. 
We love hearing all the the new people coming in town. Zach putts with PA3s, PA3's Unfortunately, links, I shouldn't. and deputies. Not deputies. No, I, uh, I took the link out of my bag. You took the link out of your bag. Because now I have an ESP Luna. Oh, that's right. I have a ESP Luna, the Peto Moody. And yes, it's got, a P- yeah, it's got the M stamp on it. And no, it's not a collectible. It is in my bag and I'm throwing it. I also put with PA3s. Wow, look at that. We just got a super chat from um, Mr. Slayer yet again. Which Yeah, yet again. Your disc is coming. Don't worry about you it. You didn't send it yet? I, I forgot slow. last week. Slow, 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 slow. I, first off, it took a week for us to even respond to him. And that was my yeah. fault again. And then yeah. you, we, we both thought we each responded. And then next thing. Um, <laughs> Lizzie said, nice math, bro. You are your father's son. I'm guessing she double checked me. Probably. Um, also, so what he did say... Uh, was where do I send some Kansas City local coffee? You guys all can send your your city's local coffee to our email address, where I can then give you yeah, an address. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll when I respond with your tracking, Mister Slayer, I'll um, which will be tomorrow. I will give you an address to send some Kansas City local coffee. We will. That would be fantastic. Uh, we can try let's, it on. Let's have a segment. Two off the tee. We will now try a new coffee. Of some sorts. Not every week, but we'll, we'll taste some coffee. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Have it to be like a more chill two off the tea. Okay. If, if, if a subscriber has sent us coffee, we'll try it live. Deal. Give our thoughts during two off the tea. Deal. Love you it. You guys got to send us your, your coffee so we have some. <laughs> so right. far, that's two people. This podcast could go on forever. It uh, could. Because we can could. keep responding and talking with y'all. We love doing that. Spotify, you've got to get on YouTube live. You really do. Uh, I'm not, I'm <laughs> not lying you just to you. out on all this. You're probably so confused right now, but join us Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern time. And uh, for everyone that has joined us, um, Lizzie just assumed I'm right. So she was saying that you are your father's son now, because your dad is a math So you guy. can assume I'm right now, but when we're having a like discussion as a husband and wife, I have to be fact-checked? Uh, I am... All right, and before she responds to that, we're going to end the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, <laughs> light or dark roast? Light, please. <laughs> please light. Oh, my gosh. This, might, this, this is going to be bad. Oh, my God. All right, we'll have a new video for you guys on Tuesday, and we'll be back live on Wednesday. Patreons, uh, what time is it right now? 10.05, 10.15-ish. We will be live with your post-podcast. I, I just got in the middle of something bad. And hey. Oh, Hold on, real quick. Don't hang up. I was about to hang up. Jerry, uh, Mr. Croak said he wanted to thank the people that came um, and helped uh, help at Paul's home course. So shout out to all those people from the local area, um, and shout out to Mr. Croak for getting that course ready. All right, we can leave. Now. Listen, whoa, discussion. <laughs> <laughs> all That's right, my thanks, wife. guys. Okay, adios, amigos. <laughs>